music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Krista Stratton. And they're Pat Francis and Krista Stratton. <laughs> and that's David Wilde. Oh my <laughs> God, how did you get me? And I'm Kyle Dotson. I called Tom Hanks and he said they weren't using you in the studio today Oh, good. so that you could come over. <laughs> oh yeah, whenever you hear this, watch the 2000s. Uh, I guess August... Early August will be the music episode. And what's next then? 2010, a David Wilde Odyssey? Well, we did do a, uh, uh, we did 1968, uh, which was just breaking down the one year. So oh, we could okay. potentially do 50 years before whatever year it is every year. That's true. In other words, you could always talk about what, what was the world like 50 years ago. I don't know if that Or you could happen. just do, you could just do every single year. Yes, exactly. This week, 1965 and 66, 67, the whole way. It's like when you listen to those old, uh, Casey Kasem countdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm actually fascinated. I listened to that. I think they run it on the 70s. I love hearing the top 40 from like anything I remember as an early child. Yeah, that's a blast. Early childhood. That's great. Christy, what are you up to? Uh, what am I up to? Just I'm missing my son at sleepaway camp. He's coming back tomorrow and I couldn't be more excited. I was the person. When that- I miss your son, it's creepy. But when you <laughs> do it, it's supposed to be all maternal and nice. I was so excited when he was leaving for two weeks. I'm like, I'm going to just get in the car by myself, like just drive. And like no one sees so you- or hears from me for like a week. You and your husband separate when, when, when. <laughs> oh, well, that was the plan. Like how fun just to have me week. Yeah. But it didn't, I mean, we had a lovely trip to Napa. And this is not a knock on him at all, but we just were so missing him. But then here's what's going to happen. Three days after he's home, you're going to look at Gary and say, ah, oh, three weeks next year. Next summer he's going right. for three weeks. Yeah, we're, it we're, we're a few years down the road from this so that sure. our kids are, we became empty nesters this year. And now our kids are both back for the summer working in LA. And it had, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly of having your kids back. I love having them back, but I don't know if they love it as much because my, my <laughs> older son just spent six months in Sweden seeing Europe as a student. And so I think it's oh, hard wow. to come back and live across in the bedroom across from your parents after you've seen the world. <laughs> did, uh, <laughs> did he see any shows when he was in Sweden? Concerts? Yeah. Yeah. He saw a lot of shows. He got, he's a good boy because he got me a pen from the ABBA Museum, Nice. but he saw a lot of cool stuff. We saw some music. We saw some shows together, uh, theater in London and uh yeah it's, it was great cool and you and I David we saw Utopia and again thank you that was I love that show so much yeah I was waiting for a fruit basket but I guess that thank you is, <laughs> will have to suffice uh well thank you would you like a water I brought one I, no I mean as a thank you yeah water's good uh okay now look here's your thank you your name is actually in the title of this episode episode this is called dropping episode what episode kind of insult are you trying to do that's to your, only when uh yes that's when <laughs> april richardson is here it's an episode yes uh this is dropping names with david wilde so what we're going to do today is we're going to play songs i didn't know that i'm leaving i'm dropping out we're going to we're going to play songs in which artists drop other artists names or any any anyone they drop any names within the song i do not drop names i elevate them i lift them up <laughs> Christ well, you're, you're, you have stories that go along with that. Yeah. So it's not like you're just throwing in a name like, hey, I happen to know, you know, Seal. Or I was in an elevator <laughs> with Bill Macy. 
Right. It's nothing uh, like that. Or that, that works. Which Bill Macy? Is it the William <laughs> Macy or the one from Maud? It's not, it's not oh, Maud. The one from Maud who stars in the film Serial. That would be exciting. Yeah. That, that's a Macy. I Walter. Know. I call him Walter. Okay. Walter. Did, did they do it? Did Ma, I don't see Maud doing it. I worked with uh, <laughs> B. Arthur once and I, I did it. <laughs> I wrote for her, by which I mean did it. I, I cannot believe that Maud. Yeah is younger than I am now. Well, that's insane. Like, if you see the show, like... I, what... I buy that. <laughs> that's insane. Right? You would and be you cast... imagine the, the white, gray, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yes. hairdo? Yeah, I like, guess. that's the color... Well, that's the color I mean, of Murray's hair. Well, it is the color of my hair, too, but... <laughs> By the way... Constantly... Yeah. Can we do a special episode with Adrian Barbeau? And what will we talk about? Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> Well, I guess so. John Carpenter, the soundtrack. She to the just did a one a one woman show in uh, North Hollywood. I was going to do the one woman show as Adrian Barbeau, but now that that idea's out. It's such a great comedy name. I still remember I in Mad Magazine they did a mod uh, takeoff and they called that character Adrian Bimbo. Mm. That's not right. And the boobs were you know drawn gigantic. Sure. So, all right, dropping names. Christy, you're a late addition, so you brought... I am a late. A, I only brought a couple because just, I'm just here to just provide, you know, cheerleading to you, to, 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 ding-dongs. To, is there any way you would wear a cheerleader outfit while doing that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sounds, sure. I that's not appropriate, my, Pat. It's not appropriate. Don't say that. I showed up to my first King of the Hill um, table read, the one that I wrote, because it was mm-hmm. about cheerleading, and I wore my cheerleading outfit. And did people... Were people I mean, I had that? jeans on. I wasn't like, trying right. to, yeah. you know, sex it up with anybody. <laughs> the pom-poms were at bay. Yeah, no, but you know, whatever. Did they, like, did they, did they like that? Did they? Yeah, think they that were was like, fun? "Hey, you're into it." <laughs> <laughs> hey, the new girl, she's into it. Hey, you're into well, yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, David, you're, do you want to go first? You're, you're the, you're the David, namesake. David, <laughs> yeah, exactly. David. If he can't do it, nobody can. Uh, <laughs> the first one, I wanted to make sure no one else got it because I love this song. Uh, it's Alex Chilton by the Replacements, which. Uh, is very my story to start the stories is that I interviewed Alex Chilton a couple of years after this record was out for Rolling Stone, and he had, you know, his career had gone from the box tops to big star to down the crapper, and he was sort of briefly sort of on the semi rise, but still the most bitter guy I ever met. And I just remember going to him like, you know, in my I was a youthful journalist who loved love Big Star and love the replacements to this day. And I was like, you know, Alex, would you consider doing a record with like some of the bands that love you? Like you let them back you up and work with you. Like, you know, the replacements, he goes, why the fuck would I work with people who are not as good as me? And I was like, I don't know. You seem like you're a junkie working in a restaurant now. So maybe that'd be a good thing. (laughs) You know, maybe that'd be better than dishwashing, which seemed to be the current thing. That is a so that was a that was a chilling moment. But it was a very Alex Chilton moment. It was his own worst enemy. Yeah. Yes. And so the first song is Alex Chilton by The Replacements.
And what's crazy is that, uh, you know, Alex Chilton's trajectory of his career was so unusual because he was like a teenager and he sings the box top hits, you know, the letter. Right. And there were some lesser hits after that, but, you know, a couple other hits. And, and then that's basically it. The box tops, you know, which were, he was sort of the vehicle for it. But for some reason, I guess, whatever the famous story is, like he sounds like a grizzled old soul man. Dan Penn, I think, yeah. wrote the song and, uh, and produced it. And it's phenomenal. Like you go listen to it. It's like, it couldn't be better. And then it makes Big Star, which is pioneering power pop, but is cursed by record company you know, an, an industry sort of lack to, lack of getting behind it. Not like bad finger cursed, but mm-hmm. pretty cursed. And then I think mm-hmm. the only way people know some of those songs now are like through the 70s show, right? right. Like that 70s theme being sort of a, you know, a sort of usage kind of. But it's amazing how I wish he had made that record with the, like the replacements. It would have been pretty good. Yeah, because he went from there to getting uh, some more ice for my uh, drink. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think he was a dishwasher in the city. Uh, maybe it was in New Orleans and then maybe in New York. When I met him, he was just, yeah, he was, he was a hero and not a pleasant one. Andy Kaufman was a dishwasher, too. He never, he never left his job at the improv. He continued to wash dishes even when he was successful. Once a week, it would just keep him, you know, sane. And, and no, brother. I know. I hate when people tell me stuff. <laughs> his name dropped in a song. Yes, he going. is. Yeah. Yes, he is. I don't have it. You don't have it. I don't want it. But we know it. <laughs> Christy, do you want to play one of yours right I, now? Yes. It's very interesting because I don't know what you guys brought. But there were, there were when, when I was contacted about it, there, there are the obvious ones. I'm like, oh, someone's going to bring one of these Tom Petty songs or someone's going to bring, you know, um, Sweet Home Alabama or whatever. But I really thought what just this song, we're going to play the, the one, uh, the Tim Curry one. Okay. Okay, I don't know how I know Is this. This song. I do the rock. Yes. Oh my god, what a great song. Okay, I asked. I'm like, I for some reason I thought I'd heard it from you because this is such a you thing, but I, you don't I know it. I did not play this. No, but someone did play it here once. I oh, think. I think I could be okay. wrong. I'd have to check the database because I look because you can only get it on YouTube because they yeah. don't. And here's what I think is so interesting about it, and what's so interesting about early Tim Curry. Is it, wait, is it novelty? Is it not novelty? Right. Like, is it, is it, I hate it, and I also I kind of love it. So, uh, and he name drops um, John and Yoko at a certain point, yeah. so I don't know if we... No, I have it queued up to okay, the name. Okay, okay, have, okay. I, right. Everything's queued up to the name. I drops. do the rock, as it's going. It's going. Okay, here we go. He did sit well, giving readings, 14 Moscow Road. Osbert giving champagne parties, Sashi's got the gold. Gertrude's hanging pictures. Alice making tea Me, I do the only thing That still makes sense to me I do the rock <laughs> I do the rock, rock John and Yoko Farming beef Raising protein quota <laughs> I haven't heard this since yeah. puberty I used to, uh, <laughs> when it came out I loved it and I didn't For real, like you legit a, loved it. Like oh, it wasn't a Dr. Demento love. No. It was a... Oh no, this was a cool, like, I think it was a NEW in New York. It was like a hit in New York. Okay. I think it was a regional. I don't think it was big everywhere. He was on A&M Records, mm-hmm. I believe. And obviously, you know, he's a character actor. I mean, uh, then he, yeah. Didn't he get very, had a stroke of some sort and was... Did he? Yeah, I don't think he's Tim doing Curry? The Rock yeah, anymore. Yeah, he has a stroke right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, don't know I if he's saw him in Spam a lot. No. Holy what a talented guy. What, uh, just beyond, beyond. Yeah. But transitioning from like this kind of sexy, 
um, transvestite. Yeah, to the like kind of the, an older gentleman mm. and and she wasn't calling you a sexy uh, transvestite. <laughs> oh, okay. And the androgynous well, was, to the uh, anyway. Yeah. I love him anyway, and I just that anyway. Yeah, I'm surprised that these albums aren't on iTunes or oh, yeah, somewhere. They're not. You can't. They're not. No, they're not. Tim they're Curry. Not. Yeah, they're, I um, did. I I remember at one point going on Apple Music to find like Tim Curry, and there was some other weird. Yeah. Outtakes album or something. Yeah, 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 that's on iTunes too. It's like yeah. unreleased or yeah, so from the vault. One of those. Yeah, I think I, I have know one anything. Of the, one of those songs is on my, on my phone somehow. Oh. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I. I'll try to tell a. I'll try to tell a story with all my songs. I won't be able to, but I'll try. I'll try to see if I can do it. Okay, my first song is from John Cougar. Don't feel, don't feel pressure. I know. And uh-huh, uh, yes, hey, I know the drummer on this song. He invited me to his drum studio, and I hung out with him, and he's really what? cool, and he was on the show, Kenny Aronoff. Yeah, so let's hear ROCK in the USA. Cool. And you'll hear the names. Sure. voices from the large town. If we're keeping score, that was eight name drops. <laughs> That's I can beat that. Um, With your Billy Joel song? Yeah. That, <laughs> no, I believe me. That's not on my list. <clears throat> I might have that on my list. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I might. Mm. I, I did a show with Martha Reeves. Damn it. Where she was a pain in the ass. And so I remember thinking in my head, spotlight on Martha Reeves. Just like, <laughs> you know, like Martha apparently didn't get enough of the spotlight or the money of Barry Gordy. So she was a little bitter. Mm. What do you got for us, David? Me next? Yeah. Uh, Kyle, do I have to go in this order or I can switch? No, it? you can switch it just, up. Just uh, let me know. I'll pick. Actually, you know, I will go in order for this one. This is just to me one of the best songs of all time. And it has a reference to an earlier hero of his who he would work with uh, close to his death and who I got to meet right at the same exact time, right before he died. I was not implicated in any way in his death, uh, but this is Thunder Road and Bruce Springsteen where he, uh, I think he sort of showed a little bit more of where he was coming from and where he would go by referencing the great Roy Orbison. The screen door slams Mary's dress waves Like a vision she dances Across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't run back inside, darling Was the name yeah. drop Roy Orbison? I, I love that song. It's I, tremendous. What a song! Yeah. Uh, I remember around the time I just gotten out of college and was working at Rolling Stone when Roy came back for that brief moment before he passed away, and I remember sending a writer named Steve Pond out to interview Roy, and we did a big story that I think did it run before he died or might maybe right after, but I remember it, the writer telling me that uh, Roy kept on going. I'm going to smoke, but don't put it in the article. You can't tell my wife. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I've always used an example. Anything you're telling someone not to tell your wife, you probably shouldn't do because it might kill you in the next week or yeah, two. Yeah. So there's a life lesson from the great Roy Orbison. Who, and the the lovely, one time I met him was so nice. And the lovely Barbara Orbison. I, uh, I once sat with Barbara. At he a, married up. 
married German, uh, <laughs> and she married beautiful. She yes. was beautiful. But I do remember once I went to a concert with Chris Isaac, who you you know you know is like my only friend uh, <laughs> and uh, my only rock star friend. It's and not uh, true. And she sat down, and I could tell her she was sort of looking over at him like. Now that this is right after uh, in the year or two after Roy was gone, or ah. years, and I remember her looking like, "Well, this would be a good. Uh, <laughs> this might be my good, next move. This might be a good move." And was Chris interested in uh, Barbara Orbison? I I cannot. He's a friend. I don't. I will never say. I will say. Maybe they could have done the Ooby Dooby. I think all the women of that era, he because he's like like the rock star who still kind of looks like that original yes, sure. Elvis the star. And I remember uh, we went to see him with my wife and kids at uh, the Greek a couple years ago, and. And uh, Priscilla Presley was there, and he walked out into the audience. That's amazing. And he's singing to her, and it was just like this kind of eerie image. That is very strange. Priscilla is always still beautiful, and yeah. it was like crazy. It was crazy to see him singing to Priscilla Presley. That's pretty cool. Christy, do you want to do you want to play wait. your second? I'm going to wait. I'll wait the next right. round. Now, my next song, we're going to get some name drops from Lester Bangs, Phil Spector, Uncle Floyd. Jack Nicholson, Clint Eastwood, and the band 10CC, all in one concise little pocket of lyrics. This is the Ramones, Not My Place in the 9 to 5 World. Pleasant Dreams or what album is that? That's on Pleasant Dreams. Pleasant Dreams, which is one of the most underrated. It's of my the favorite. Ramones it's my favorite Ramones album. I have it autographed by Marky and Dee Dee because they were at a costume shop in Hollywood. I don't know, like 20, you know, 20 years ago. And my parents were out to visit. And I said to my dad, I go, look, I know you and mom are here to visit. I go, I, I need to go to this costume shop in Hollywood and meet Dee Dee Ramone and Marky Ramone. And my dad's like, I'll go with you. And my dad was just like, that DD is something else. <laughs> he, I don't even know if he had any top teeth and his hair was like dyed like white. And were um, they doing an appearance or were you just like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of stopping them? They were doing an appearance. Oh. They were doing an appearance in this Hollywood costume shop. Wow. And there were all kinds of crazy people waiting. To sure. Meet yeah. I just, uh, this week was writing a speech with working with uh, Henry Rollins, who is going to uh, give an award this will be over by the time you hear this, but it'll be airing on PBS. Yeah, he's fun. He year. seems fun. He's fantastically fun. He actually is great. <laughs> oh my God. Roll my Wait, eyes into my back for? of my head. The award is going to Seymour Stein, who founded Sire oh. Records, who signed the Ramones and was their big booster. But it, we were talking about, and Henry's a huge Ramones fan, so that was part of the connection, and he's close to Seymour. But uh, I remembered my first review ever for my high school paper was the review of Rocket to Russia and the Sex Pistols, mm -hmm. in which I said Rocket to Russia. I said, Ramones are forever. Mm -hmm. You know, Sex Pistols, they're cool, but yeah. it's the Ramones. And I stand by that. I do too. Uh, and uh, then I remember years later, whenever I met my wife, so it's 90s, mid-90s, going to Argentina with Paul McCartney and Linda, her last big and, tour. And that's where the Ramones are like the biggest. Well, that, right? I didn't know that until I got to there. And everywhere you went, every wall was po had posters about the Ramones <laughs> and every t-shirt you could get was about the Ramones and to this day you go to Europe you go to South America anywhere you go 
the Ramones are one of the biggest brands in the world. And that's the amazing thing is they didn't really break in America. Yeah, no. And yet they have been, their enduring cool has, uh, has lasted the, forever. Go to YouTube and look up Martin Free, actor, the actor Martin Freeman is on this interview show. And the young guy that's interviewing has a Ramones t-shirt under his uh, jacket. And Martin Freeman goes, Name ask, a song. Well, he goes, are you a Ramones fan? He goes, oh, I'm a huge Ramones fan. He goes, name a song. What, what's your favorite Ramones album? And the guy can't answer him. And then Martin Freeman goes, if everyone who wore a fucking Ramones t-shirt was actually a fan, they would have been the biggest band in the world. Yeah. It's all just t-shirts now. It's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. Uh, what's up, David? You're up. I am. Uh, just because I want to I want to switch order to the skip one song ahead. This is the most names of a song, I think, of any song in history. Or, no, I'm sorry. There's the Life is a Rock, but the Radio Rolled Me. Oh, that has by uh -huh. 5,000. There's maybe there's a couple <laughs> others that have more. But uh, this is Heart Song. Uh, Heart Song's by Weezer. And I don't, do you know this song? No. This I never is one heard of my, this song until you, until you said, I had to buy this. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. I, uh, I absolutely love this song. I believe... There's a mistake in there, and we'll listen. Maybe we'll get to it. I think he quotes, he mentions Debbie Gibson, and then mentions a Tiffany song. Uh, Ooh. I, that's blasphemy. But let's play. Let's play what you have. Fight, All right. fight, fight. But this is a song about loving songs. Could believe in Joan Baez. I never listened to too much jazz, but hippie songs could be good in our pad. Eddie Rabbit sang about how much he loved a rainy night. Abadivo Benatar were there the day John Lennon died. Mr. Springsteen said he had a hungry heart. Over Washington was happy on the day he talked. These are the songs These are my heart songs They never feel wrong Yeah, that's a great tune. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah I never know that song. From the Red album, produced with Jack uh, Jackknife Lee and I think Rick Rubin and produced the Red album. Uh, Weezer is a crazy one because they have a few different ways they go mm -hmm. and i like a lot of them and uh i don't think i've ever met river cuomo mm -hmm. uh but i think i tweet with him and i've always wanted to meet him because i went to see my kids got into him when they were like 11 12 and we went to yeah it was a good excuse that dad could act like he was a good guy by <laughs> taking them to see it was either they were doing pinkerton or the blue album mm -hmm. i guess and i think i pushed for the blue album so that it could be a little bit more friendly and did uh and you got good seats it was great and i remember they did uh they did a hurley uh hurley from lost we were all way into uh, lost mm -hmm. he showed up because they had a their recent album had a, was called hurley yeah. it had hurley on the cover that was cool kyle you have strong opinions about weezer they have one good album <laughs> and then like a few songs here and there like i like that song half of make believe is good i think they have like four good albums four like great albums that's what I think. If you piece ones from here no, and there I think together. Blue, green, I think red, I think make believe I like. Yeah. Maybe. 
a song I did not bring, okay. but I can't remember. We've talked about this song. All right. I didn't bring it, but I don't think I've talked to you about the song because it's confusing to me. Okay, Neil Diamond has a song called Done Too, Too Soon. Soon. Did yes. we talk about this? Yes, and he mentions uh, yes. like John Wilkes Booth. And, Jesus Christ, Fanny Bryce. And just right, going. and then he says John Wilkes Booth, or am I wrong? No, he does. A great actor. He wasn't talking about the assassination stuff. It was the great acting. He's saying these people are done too soon. <laughs> there were more people to kill. But but I, I'm right to be completely flummoxed by this, right? Well, yeah, if you're going to nitpick I it. May see him, I may see Neil. He's being honored at the wow. Protea Academy uh, Lifetime Achievement Special Merit Award salute this next weekend. So I, if I remember, I will try to finally ask, but probably not. And then, but yeah, I've never. But I'm right, though, right? Like he says, John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. again, a great actor. As an actor, he was done too soon. As an assassin, pretty much it was good. I say there were still people out there to get. I don't don't know. I just that was. There are other political figures who. Uh, (laughs) And Hot Hot August Night Three is coming out. Well, I don't believe that's true. No, Hot August Night Three was a special I did with him for CBS, which was filmed at Madison Square Garden. This is the Greek Theater, show from yes. 2012. But it's called Hot August Night filmed. 3. Is it called? Well, so was yeah. the last one. No, that was oh, Hot, Hot August, August Night, Night NYC. NYC. Oh, this is just Hot August Night 3. Three. Yeah. Good. Uh, and I was at those shows, and they were I great. was at one of them, too. Yeah, it was great. He almost fell down. This, uh, he was on this little riser, and as it was rising up, he stepped back. I don't think he realized uh. how high it had risen up and oh, no. almost I'm like oh Neil easy easy but those were great shows yeah those he, were great shows I love the Neil uh, I have your... a song okay um, <laughs> this one came to mind my two flash that came to mind um, Scritty Politty oh. the song is called Woodbees and I uh, love Scritty Politty and I do not remember <gasps> the song well I, mean, I remember the name but I don't remember and it's B-E-E-Z that's right yeah W-O-O-D oh yeah he I'm sorry I do remember right yes <laughs> Oh, this was like a their third biggest hit or something, yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah, I was playing. Um, that's not me. That's, oh. that's okay. Um, I uh, I played a different Scritty Politty song for my son, who's a young hipster DJ now at college and all that. And he was like, "Oh my god, this is brilliant!" Like the he perfect was, way. Uh, no, no, I oh. played a oop oop there was oop there it is. Yeah, I have to look, let me look it up the exact title, but it's unbelievably great. Uh, and I believe it has like. Uh, Roger from Zap on it. It's like funky. That's the thing. It's one of those. I like the tradition of white, weird British guys who have yeah. a facility for <laughs> funk. Like, I just think that's a good subgroup. 
Oh, by the way, to the listeners, the air conditioner is working overtime today. So if you hear it in the background, it's 115 degrees out or some crazy nonsense outside. I mean, so it's, it's, it's not bananas. even, it's not even cool in here. Like the, the air conditioner can't even get the room cool. It's, it's tolerable, but it's not great. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, we're going to skip my next one and we'll just say apologies to Deep Purple for Smoke on the Water. Uh, they mentioned Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa, Zappa and the Mothers. Because I want to play this um, Fleetwood Mac song from uh, Heroes Are Hard to Find. It's called Silver Heels. Wow, you, that's a deep cut. Yeah, and this is, uh, this is um, Bob Welsh. Kyle, what do I say about Bob Welsh? He should be in the Hall of Fame. He should fucking be in the Hall of Fame. It makes me so angry that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Kept that band alive before Stevie and Lindy joined. Five albums he's on. So angry. He, he's not he, one of the ones? No, he didn't, get, he didn't get inducted. He didn't make the cut. And then about a year later, killed himself. So way to go, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, this is called uh, Silver Heels. <laughs> she took me out of the blackboard jungle Put me straight in Maybe, uh, maybe Finn will sing that in, uh, on the upcoming tour. Maybe I wouldn't they... bet on that one, but I, I, I think hypnotized <laughs> could happen. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I had a few discussions with that camp, and I think that, oh, I think that, someone, that could happen. Someone has some inside scoop. Not that I'm going to share. But I think you just shared hypnotized. Well, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying I suggested that they do that. Mm, uh, I bet it's going to be. Why well, wouldn't they? That's perfect. That's yeah. a great tune. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's like really the only minor hit they had with that incarnation, right? Well, I mean, you go back, it's like late. What's the weird thing with the Welch is that Sentimental Lady became a hit after, right, yeah. you know, solo hit after. And Hypnotize sort of has yeah. been consistently sort of bubbling under. All right. I like that era of Fleetwood Mac. I like all eras of Fleetwood Mac. Except maybe when uh, that uh, Becca Bramlett's in there. I didn't go, but there was one tour where they were. It was like a triple bill with Night Ranger. I went. It was Becca at the Bramley. Universal it, yeah. Amphitheater, was it? It was Benatar, Ario Speedwagon, and um, fake Fleetwood Mac. That's a crazy It was bill. ridiculous. Yeah. It was nuts. Because it was Billy Burnett, Becca Bramlett, Dave Mason, John McVie, and Mick Fleetwood. That was the band. This tour is hmm. interesting. I, Lindsay was always the one I knew best, although I sort of came to know Stevie mm-hmm. very well in the last 15 years. And... Uh, I did a lot of their liner notes and worked yeah. with them a lot. And I, it's weird because I, I theoretically don't think it's smart to get rid of Lindsay as important as he is. And I don't think it was probably done that well. Yeah. On the other hand, I will say I'm one of the biggest Neil Finn fans I know. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. It's, I feel like what I, I think I have to do is go but not pay for my ticket, if anyone's listening. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, in, in 2018, to replace Lindsay with Finn and Mike Campbell is much more uh, something people might want to see than, than, what was it, Rick Vito? Billy Burnett and Rick, Rick Vito. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't... I, I saw that tour. Was, I didn't yeah. know who those guys were, and I'm sure they were fine. How were they? They were fine, but they weren't Lindsay Buckingham. Weren't Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay's well, a very unique talent. Yes. Now, is the... I mean, are we to believe that it was a scheduling thing? He wanted to wait, they wanted to tour? That's kind of what seems I to be I think it was the, an emotional scheduling thing, too. Oh. I think it's... 
I think <gasps> it's, I, I mean, I think it's not getting along more than it. Yeah. Really? After all these years? Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's that enduring sexual tension that's ripped this show apart. And, and they, <laughs> and they want to, and they, and, and I get it's probably, it's a pissing match too. They want to see who has more power, Lindsay or Stevie? Probably. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. I have, I no, they had I have a, no knowledge. I, I thought they had a bond. I thought they, I want them to. Like, I want them to eventually end up together, right? Don't we all? I still want James Taylor and Carly Simon to end up together, too. I know, too. right? That's not going to happen. I want mom and dad to get to back together. <laughs> that ain't, ain't going to happen either. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I personally think when the history of that is written, you'll have to look at that Lindsay's decision to record with Christine McVie. Has been a significant oh, thing, okay. um, and I I was you know at rehearsals for that tour, and uh, I took did I take you to I took no, no I took someone else to that tour, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah I don't know listen I I love them all and I will continue to love them all and that's all I will say very very mm. uh, democratic all diplomatic right. very ass kissy what <laughs> <laughs> what's your next ass kissy song uh, it is a song that originally seemed like a put down that later became more ass kissy uh it's a randy newman song from the era after he had short people it was a sort of his album where he got a little darker lost the all the new fans he had gotten and on that record uh it's a weird song it's song about elo called story of a rock and roll band and at the time i loved randy newman i was in prep school in new england i remember like walking a mile to the record store like in town walking back putting it on and i said this is the oh i'm the only one in the world who wants to hear randy newman singing about elo this, <laughs> those are two of my favorites this is from the born again album the born again album is that one is that when he's painted like kiss, kiss with dollar yes. signs yes oh, which no. if gene uh, gene simmons was probably mad when he saw that he's like why didn't i think of that exactly uh it's a great song and then years later uh i got to know jeff lynn and around and randy produced a couple tracks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff produced a couple tracks on Randy's record, which is a really good it's record. It's a great record. Uh, including one of my favorites called Falling in Love. Mm-hmm. What a great song. But it, in when I did the liner notes uh, for an ELO box, I think I reached out to Randy. He goes, I always liked him. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he meant it as a compliment. Okay. Let's hear it. sounds like it's it's the soundtrack from halloween well i think it's i think if it, he was making fun of anything it was just the production those beatlesque yeah. production touches that elo would do which he which he decided he wanted on uh, one of his albums eventually it's it, i love my elo too well, well from that we're gonna go uh, to alice cooper all right from a 2005 album called dirty diamonds oh boy it's, it's song, actually a good record okay. it's not bad and this is called uh so you can hear, listen for it. He uh, he name checks J Lo, and the oh. song is called "Perfect." She can shake it just like J Lo when the bedroom lights go down. But when she hits the dance floor, she's a hip hop hippo clown. She's perfect. 
Was this uh, produced by uh, Harvey Weinstein, this album? I mean. It seems, <laughs> it seems sexist and hmm. disgusting to me, Pat. Uh, thank you for bringing it it's up. It's really not a sexist if you hear the whole song. It's actually not. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It's Alice. It's not sounds, She it, ain't a beauty, but she's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, when, yeah, when Bruce says it, it's cool. Sure. Yeah, that, yeah, it, that's true, right? There's a lot of those. It's so interesting. There's a lot of just little, little things that I notice in songs that uh, it never fazed me before. And not that I dislike them. Now, I don't dislike them. It's just, oh, that's kind of how I feel a little bit. It, it jars you a little bit now when you hear it. Yeah. I, yes. I got to be honest. Until you just said it, she ain't a beauty, but hey, she, I never really thought about it well, until right now and now i'm gonna too. always think about are you it. beginning to wonder about your passion for benny mardonez and into the night now? <laughs> <laughs> i mean she's just 11 years old oh, right <laughs> or or uh, she's 16 you're beautiful like 16 like people were singing about 16 well, when they were 21 i don't even it's not as scary as when it's Ringo doing it now. It's a, it's a little... Uh, Even the cars, because uh, she's 17. I'm like, boy, that is... Some of my friend's kids are 17, and that is just yeah, too young Christine, for Christine, 16 by Kiss? Like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> it just is... It's super creepy at this point. Pat, yeah. put away the uh, subscription to Barely Legal magazine <laughs> while we're here, please. And I don't know if you saw the Elvis thing on HBO. Yeah. I thought it was lacking a little. Like, I don't, I want to see people interviewed. I don't, all the footage of the house and the dust, but the whole Priscilla Presley chapter, and like, I think it's important that he yeah. met her when she was, I don't know, what, 13? It was something really crazy. Yeah. But then uh, someone said, oh. Pat met Kyle when he was uh, like 12. Now, I've known Kyle since he was uh, zero. That's a little yeah. creepy. Yeah. Anyway. What's your next song? Were you scouting him out for this gig? Is that, you were sort of. Sure. Uh, exactly. Um, uh, this is one of the greatest songs ever written. It is, it still sounds good on the radio. Joni Mitchell, who said, I don't like any music written in the 20, late 20th century or whatever, told me this is the one good song of the last 10 years. Uh, let's hear, and it, it weirdly, I believe it mentions a number of artists, including Beck and Hanson, but it doesn't, it also mentions some other artists that it doesn't have in the lyrics that are printed in the album. Like I think they hid the more negative lines in the song, but it is uh, New Radicals, You Get What You Give. The song, and I don't I, believe the she lyrics. She loves that. That makes me laugh. Yeah. That like Joni Mitchell's like, I love that song. Yeah. No, she loved it, and I. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's the only thing she ever admitted liking in the entire time I've known her. You're all dicks. Run to your mansions. I love it. That lyric didn't appear on the album. What's funny is that's what they sing, and that's what people like. Yeah. But that the part they mentioned, I think Beck and Hanson in the lyric sheet, but it doesn't mention. Like Courtney, Courtney Love and, and, and everyone else. Mansions. I think yeah. it. I think it sort of kept that out to keep the peace. All right, my. Um, Do you not like that song? 
I do. No, yeah. I do. I do. It just, I, I find that such a funny that that's the one she picked. I just bought that CD yesterday for three ninety nine, so that we would have that song too. I find it interesting when artists have like an amazing song or two mm-hmm. and then yeah. just nothing else. And I know that they're not the only, like lots well, of bands, but I find that fascinating. He, that was not, that was a decision in that, this guy Greg Alexander, who was in effect the new Radicals, he... I think basically had a crisis of not wanting to be famous, hmm. and he then well became, by all means make a record, well no and, and release it he, on a label. I I know more than I can say, so I won't say oh, it while the oh. mic is on. I've heard more than I should say. I should know, but I then he went in behind the scenes and did things like he wrote a lot of hits that you know, like he wrote oh, okay that's uh, interesting. Like he well there you have it. Uh, he wrote like Game of Love, the Santana, Michelle Branch song. Wow. He wrote. Uh, the soundtrack to that really great soundtrack with Kira Knightley and Adam Levine, that whole album of, uh, I don't know if you know that movie. It's a, it's Kira Knightley trying to be a singer, but he, mm-hmm. wrote, he, wrote, he wrote for a lot of movies. He's written a lot of hits, and he's super Is talented. Is it Begin Again? Yeah, Is Begin Again. Yeah, he wrote hmm. the music for Begin Again. Uh, he's super talented. Good. So he's still exercising his gift. And, and he's still making his money, and he just didn't, great. you know, some people don't like the... Being, um, he was on MTV once, you know, I mean, yeah. with that one, that video for that. Daniel Brisbois yes. oh. was sort of in the group. Is in sort the group. Of, and worked with him a little yeah. bit on it. And, oh. Yeah. Yes. What uh, was her character's name on the Archie Bunker's place? Edith. No. No, I wasn't Edith. <laughs> was, it, was it my little girl? Was it my little girl? Stephanie Mills. S- Stephanie Mills. Oh, Stephanie sorry, sorry. Stephanie Mills is a singer. Was Best she known as her role, Stephanie Mills on sitcoms On the Family and Archie Bunker's place. She, okay. They adopted her. She replaced Meathead. It's <laughs> an upgrade. Uh, let's hear my favorite singer, Chrissy Hine, name drop Bridget Bardot. Now the reason we're here as man and woman is to love each other, take care of each other. When love walks in the room Everybody stand up Oh, it's good, good, good Like Brigitte Bardot Look that song she, Is she opening on this, this summer? I saw just the other day like some dates with um, the Def Leppard Journey Tour uh, I think she's on like I think she's on two dates, like the stadium shows or yeah. whatever they have her playing. Mm-hmm. I, like, I would love to go see that tour. That seems fun. That would maybe be, we should a do a thing like night. a, a, a like, rock solid field trip. Yes, well, that that'll be the best act on that bill. Speaking sure. about a field trip, uh, tell me if you want to go next Saturday to the Grammy PBS show, which is going to have Sammy. Mm-hmm. Hagar, who you like? I know. I will be in Pennsylvania. Tell me. Oh. Who, tell me who else I'm going to miss though. Uh, Emmy Lou Harris, Trisha Yearwood, nice. um, uh, um, Mickey Dolan. <gasps> now you got me. Now yeah. you got me. Go on. Uh, <laughs> and there's more, but I, I, that's as much as I'll say right now. Well, thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. All right. You, you want to uh, go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and Weezer's going to be there, Kyle. Oh, I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> What's your that next song, David? Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, my next song is one of the greatest songs ever written from one of the greatest albums ever written. Wow. And it is Ooh, by praise. one of the greatest songwriters 
of all time about the greatest band leader of all time, Sir Duke oh, Stevie Wonder. Yes. That's great song. That's funny, I thought of this one. Music knows it is and always will be one of the things that life just won't quit. But here's some of music's pioneers that time will not allow us to forget now. Well, there's Basie Millis, Timo, and the King of all Sir Duke. And with a voice like Alice ringing out, there's no way the band could lose. I love when you can have a pop soul song which mentions the great jazz legends of all time. It's very cool. Well, and um, India Ari had that song that was about Stevie Wonder. Um, right. I think it was called Stevie Wonderful or something. Oh, now, of course, now, of course, all these songs are coming into my mind. Um, was that Hotter Than July? No, no, that song's in the key of life. Okay. I'm and like, wait a minute. I was like, which album is that? I couldn't remember in my own. And our band leader for the uh, Grammy show is Greg Fillingaines, who was the band leader on the Songs in the Key of Life Stevie Tour, which was two years ago, the best concert I ever saw. Because Stevie did the whole album. The, the greatest album ever written. It's like a triple album, and that was the show, and he did that, and then he did Greatest Hits. You know, So it's like an insanely great show. And Greg's also a sometime member of Toto. He indeed he has been. Yes, he has been. When uh, years ago, uh, Gary's boss at Comedy Central, they say, okay, go to who's the, the... Who's this Gary that we're speaking of? My husband. Oh, okay. And um, it was Tyler Perry doing Medea. Like, this is before anyone knew who Tyler Perry was. And we went to the Kodak Theater. The guitarist in Aerosmith. Tyler <laughs> Perry, right? In a dress. <laughs> so we go to the show. It's at the Kodak. It's Hacked. And I'm like, how do we not know who this person is? And the whole thing, because I was like, Medea, is this going to be like a great mm -hmm. tragedy? I like, I had no idea. I'm like, why is Comedy Central sending you? And they do this whole whole thing. It was a real event. It was fun and funny, and the crowd was real into it. And at the end of it, like different people would just come on stage, and Stevie Wonder was one of them. <laughs> I'd never heard of Tyler Perry, you guys. You, no one had heard of him, and yet he was big enough where Pete Axe would just kind of make their way to the stage and uh, do some, like he did a song. I, I'm like, uh, who is this person? Who, what came first, uh, Medea or Big Mama's House? Which one was first? Big Mama's House was first. Well, then Tyler Perry's ripping off uh, Martin Lawrence. Uh, well, that's, I mean, anyway, I wouldn't say that. I think it was a whole like perspective that he was channeling through that character and, and he had lots of things to say about a culture that we aren't a part of. He's actually not playing a man dressed as a woman. He's playing Medea. Right. But at Big Mama's house, he's he's undercover. Oh, okay. Well, then see, that's a different He's a cop undercover as Big Mama, right? Yes, he's a cop undercover. And actually, Medea came first. Well, then Martin by a year. It Martin did? Well, Medea, yeah. Medea was regional theater originally. Yeah, right? and not Medea was a right. theater play. All right. In a theater well, play. Then and then Martin Lawrence's movie came a year Shame later. Shame on you, Martin Lawrence. But it is a very Caucasian discussion we're having because I had the same exact thing. I remember, like, I think it was the Beacon Theater when I was still living See, in New Mrs. York. Mrs. Doubtfire came before <laughs> no. both of those. No, but I do remember seeing Medea coming to, like, the Beacon Theater, and I'm like, is this a production of the Greek <laughs> classic? Yeah. And then you go, no, that's not no, what this right. is. Nope. It was a whole thing. And I'm like, boy, I, I don't know. And, and there, it was packed, you guys. The Kodak I, be, I bet. If he had done Oedipus, I would have gone. <laughs> uh, here's my story about uh, uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, when I was, I don't know, 13, 
14. I used to watch. I loved Starsky and Hutch. Loved it. Loved it so much. Loved Paul Michael Glazer. And when I saw him at the uh, Target in Woodland Hills, <gasps> I just about jumped out of my shoes. But anyway. Did you say hello? I didn't. I was too. What? I was too. I didn't know. Did you slide so across your cart? You. Yeah. I just. <laughs> um, but on Starsky and Hutch once, when he would have the ladies over, he would pull out his Stevie Wonder albums and he would always pull out songs in the key of life. So the first time I was in the Columbia Record and Tape uh-huh. Club, yes, I, familiar. I, 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 that was one of my selections. <laughs> I, like, I got to get that songs in the key of life. That'll help me get the ladies. On 8-track tape, I Amazing. hope? No, just on LP. Okay. I never owned any 8-tracks. My brother did in his uh, VW uh, Bug. Yeah, my dad had them and I had yeah. one little component on my stereo that I could play like and and to have Goodbye Yellow Brick Road on 8 track like the the songs there were at least four songs that were cut in the middle mm-hmm. that you had to listen to the other half There's on another nothing track. Nothing audio-wise that compares to the sound of no. an 8 track flipping horrible. mid-song. Yes. Remember that one so that you, would, you would, it was like a, it was they came in all different colors and then you would, you could push like Oh, it was like, like a, a plunger. De- it was like a yes. detonator and then I've it would go to the next things. track. Oh. Ah, terrible. Um, <laughs> let's go with, uh, let's bump the Leonard Skinnerd up, the aforementioned Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, That's the, the one. Rock in peace to a whole bunch of these people. Uh, this is from the album Second Helping. This is uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Do you have a lighter? <laughs> What's it? A lighter? Well, is it a banana bomb? Interesting that people remember like Neil Young kind of liked this and and they like Neil Young like yeah. it's like it was the fake feud kind of song. Oh, I didn't know it was a fake feud. Kind I mean, of no, song. they they both were fans of one another. Oh, that's good. The that good. weird thing is that people forget the Neil Young Devo connection. Do you remember that Neil Young? No. Like Neil Young pops up in there. They pop up in his movie. There was like this weird moment where like and and also like I just was reading something about Devo. And they talked about when Brian Eno was producing them that like Bowie started out producing them too. And I remember that Bowie wow. loved, like Devo has become just whip it in public consciousness, but they were like yeah. really tied in with all these legends early on. And I would like to re- write that wrong. Let's, let's, let's show I, some I love put for, them in when I was like at Devo? the hall. I do. And when I was at the hall of fame, they have a thing where you can, you know, nominate or who would you, and I put Devo for the next class. I am still, the song Mongoloid, which is now again another politically incorrect song, I think it's one of the most like musically beautiful things I've ever heard. I love freedom of choice. I love uh, through being I think New Traditionalist was good too. I went to uh, um, see them on New Year's Eve once with an old girlfriend in the Warfield in San Francisco and they were the weirdest New Year's Eve show until I saw Todd Rundgren this New Year's Eve (laughs) where he played no hits until the encore he burped through... I, uh, I, uh, hello, uh, no, uh, bang uh, on the drum. No, no. He burped <laughs> through. Hello. It's me. And <laughs> oh then did a little bit of just one victory or something. And that was, but he did f- 18 recent songs that no one had heard. Mm, fun. That was fun. crazy. Oh, but Devo, I, I looked up that set list. It's the worst set list I've ever seen. <laughs> like if I read this Todd Rundgren set list, you will know one song. It is unbelievably, it's crazy. Well, the funny thing is I had interviewed Todd, the, 
three or four days before with Utopia when they got together for their first rehearsal. And I had such a good time talking to them and all that. I'm, I love Utopia. And then as I'm walking out, I walked out with Chasm uh, from the band. And I was like, tell me at New Year's Eve, you're, you're going to play some hits. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> Todd would never do that. And I thought, it, and all I can tell you is a couple we went with broke up. They've been married for 18 years. That's, that's how good that show was on New Year's Eve. Wow. And yet we saw Utopia. That was a great show recently. Yeah, Utopia was fantastic. I, I love that show. So I, I'm still thinking about that show. Really great. And that turkey sandwich you brought me. That was good and free. Yeah, gave me a giant turkey sandwich from Irwan. Those are not cheap, oh. those Irwan sandwich. No, it's like a $12 sandwich. Yeah, but I, I, That's much I, too I was expensive for my palate. I was working at CBS Television City, and you learned that Irwan is very good and not cheap because they know everyone in the studio is like, well, I can walk there sure. and get the $45 uh, sandwich. Oh, yeah, not, uh, not, a, not a shabby sandwich. Is that even a term? Okay, what's uh, your I up, saw David? them once, Shabby Sandwich. They opened for the ultimate spinach, I think. <laughs> Here, here's the, here's, the, here's the set list. Uh, here's the Todd Rundgren set list. Come, Truth, Everybody, Rise, Look at Me, Sir Reality, Let's Do This, Buffalo Grass, Strike, Secret Society, This Is Not a Drill, Beginning, Love Science, Sweet, Party Liquor, Past, Chance of Us, uh, No World Order, By My Tea, <laughs> God said, and then the encore is one world, hello, it's me, just one victory. And he burped. And he burped. And he burped during it. Like so it, it couldn't plays, have been more oh dismissive. He plays 20 songs only super, super, super diehard fans will know. And then the encore, he gives you some stuff. Let's Do This is a great song that um, from his last record, I should say, written with Mo Berg from a band, one of my favorite bands from Canada called The Pursuit of Happiness. And I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it exclusively. This is a ex rock solid exclusive for the 30th anniversary of Love Junk, one of the greatest albums I ever have heard. There's a new reissue I just wrote liner notes for of wow. Love Junk, Pursuit of Happiness. It, maybe it's out by the time you hear this. Go get it. Go to Canada and get it. All right. Well, what's your next song? It's going to drop some names on us. Um, I'm going to do one you don't know. All right. Um, a group you probably don't know. This is probably a group that April might have dated or stayed at their house, but I don't think anyone else here would know it. Okay. They're a British band that was very big. She wouldn't like them because they're kind of commercial there, but I love them because they're named after a Steely Dan song. And this song I have always loved, and it's one of the more obscure great name drops of all time because it's not only a name drop, it's my other favorite thing, a pun. Ooh. There was a duo, a soul duo named Bobby and James Purify. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he, I'm your he, puppet. Yeah. I'm your puppet. Okay. Very. That is so impressive. <laughs> yeah. That is, <laughs> there's no white chick, not from the South that would know that anywhere, but right here at Rock Solid. But listen to the pun that he makes work. I okay. love, this is like a British guy saluting. What's the band? It's Deacon Blue. Okay. And the song is basically about like a, I think it's about a white Irish guy who can sing soul. That's the idea of it. And he uses Bobby and James purifying the best way ever. Music. 
leave it for the chorus. It's a great chorus. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Now it goes, can this white man sing the blues? Which is always a good question. Uh, it reminds me of the commitments a little bit. Oh. And uh, I played tennis with this great British guy who at 80 or whatever is going to play Sunday. He goes, could we play at 730? Because it might be 150 degrees by nine. And uh, like, I just love these guys who want to keep playing tennis into there. And he wrote the commitments. He wrote so many rock movies. In fact, you should have him as a guest. That would be a really cool... And what is his name? name? Dick Clement. He wrote, uh, he wrote um, Across the Universe. He wrote... Uh, you can look him up. He actually... Uh, he just had this great movie uh, which Michael Caine narrates and on screen about the British 60s and rock oh, music. Oh, cool. Uh, which he would really love. Uh, uh, he's Yeah, he's... Great, great guy. And we could play 60s rock music. Oh, but he wrote The Commitments. And what's funny is I remember great liking movie. The Commitments a lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it yeah. came out. And I thought, I wonder if that would hold up. I, we should have like a, a rock solid party? screening night with him. I would like to see. He wrote The Bank Job. Oh, I love The Bank Job. Yeah. You know, he wrote Statham. He wrote some of like every British sitcom. He and as a writing partner, Ian Frenet, who is. Oh, Ian Lafrenet. Lafrenet. Okay. We play doubles with him. Not as good a four-hander backhand, but <laughs> apparently a good writer. Uh, yeah, that name is Now, look, he, he wrote a Jason Statham movie called The Bank Job, and it's not a Jason Statham movie. It's, it's, it's a really great movie. Like, you see yeah. Jason Statham, you're like, I know what this is going to be. It's, it's Jason Statham's best movie. Yeah. I can't hmm. say Statham. Okay. <laughs> Let's go with uh, Kyle. I'm going to call uh, an audible. We're going to go out of order. Uh, according to what I read just two weeks ago, the Kinks are back together and recording an album. Mm. So let's hear a little bit of Celluloid Heroes. Lots of name drops. Mm-hmm. Rudolph Valentino. But not musical name looks drops. Very much alive. It's true. And he looks up ladies' dresses as they sadly pass him by. Avoid stepping on Balagosi. Cause he's liable to turn and bite But stand close by Betty Davis Because hers was such a lonely life If you covered him with garbage George Sanders would still have style And if you stamped on Mickey Rooney He would still turn round and smile I, uh, it's a it's a very strange vocal performance for me on this song. It's though. super mannered, it, and uh-huh. it, yeah, it's almost like he's like it, like uh, does he know the words? Doesn't this he? This is a theatrical stage yeah, where he was trying yes. to be like a theater actor more than he was singing. Like yeah, a rock it's a singer. very yeah. It's different. he's an interesting. You a Kinks fan? Oh uh, yeah, I mean yes. I uh, one of my great favorite memories on their last record together. I didn't know that they were. I knew that there had been sort of 
odd attempts to mm-hmm. sort of get something going in the last couple of years. But it's Ray is super weird, super interesting. <laughs> and Dave is super weird. Yeah. But I remember interviewing them on their last record, which had like Hatred of Duet was one of the tracks. Yeah, which, Phobia. Yeah, Phobia album. Yeah. I wrote about them for Rolling Stone on that record. And uh, and I love the Kings, but I was always like, there's certain mysteries that as a journalist you want to figure out. And one was like, do these guys really love each other or hate each other? And I, I sensed a lot of hate when I was around. <laughs> um, but I remember my favorite memory was... Um, Ray asked me to drive him to the airport. He's very eccentric and willfully so. Just out of the blue, just, hey, I yeah. need to go to the airport. Yes, do you want to drive me? me? And I was like, yeah, because we could talk while we were, you know, going. Right. So I called my friend E, who now is the Eels, E of the Eels, the group. Mm-hmm. And he's a big Ray fan. So I said, E, come with me. And then my favorite memory was we got to the airport and. Uh, Let me ask you something. You're all three are in the car. Yeah. Where's Ray sitting? My Mazda protege. Where's Ray place. sitting? front with me and so he's in the back yes he's in the back okay. and he's just leaning over like, yeah like hey, 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 Ray, hey Ray hey Ray hey Ray exactly no and then we got out and uh I think Ray goes E do you mind grabbing that suitcase he goes <laughs> oh my god that would be great he goes people always to. tell me I'm not worthy critics always say I'm not worthy of carrying your luggage and here I am <laughs> it turns out I am worthy of carrying your luggage <laughs> that's funny I it's funny when you asked me if I was a fan I kind of came on board like give the people what they want sure. and then after because yeah. the, all the MTV stuff, that's when I discovered them. Yeah. And so the later stuff is my jam. But me too. But that's when I discovered them. And then I went forward and then I went backward. I love it. The uh, 70s stuff is a little wonky. It's a lot of concept albums. I think they had in the 70s, late 70s, 80s stuff. Then they hit things like these stray tracks that are so amazing, yeah. like Better Things, which is oh, one of my favorite so things ever. Art Lover, which is a weird one. Those I are think on, both are on Give the People yep. What yeah. They Want. And I think Art Lover might be about like a pedophile. No, it's not. He okay. says at the end, he says, um, I take her home, but that could never be. She's just a substitute for what's been taken from me. I think that's what a lot of pedophiles say as well. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of thought it he lost was his about daughter. it. Yes. Yeah, he, lo- he lost that's his what daughter. I, yeah. There's songs like in that era. There's a, well, right after that era too, like there's a song, um, there's Lost and Found, which is a little later. That's to me one yeah. of the greatest songs ever written. From Think Visual. Those things like Don't Forget to Dance. Like, oh, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Heart yeah. of Gold. You mm-hmm. got a heart of gold. I love that. And that's this weird era where I asked Chrissy Hine once in an interview about Ray, because like I think she kind of hates him completely. Yeah. Uh, but there's that child. musical, but that musical influence, there's like a lot where he's beginning to sound a little pretendersy. She's sounding a little kinky, which she always had some. Yeah. I think she was a big fan of the king. And stop your sobbins on the first pretenders. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Oh. Great. Okay, what what do you got for? I us? still can't get over the fact that that you knew uh, <laughs> James and Bobby Purify, but did you, the lyric is do do James and Bobby Purify? He used yes. it double meaning, it's and great. I'm like, oh my god, does soul music purify? Mm. So good. Uh, who's next from me? You. You're up. Um, I will do a contemptuous name drop. Uh, from Steely Dan, when they, no. in the, the song "Everything You Did," where they say "Turn up the Eagles" as a sort of, I think, slightly mocking thing, because it reminds me of a, a story. One of my favorite, like, one of the things that people don't know is that Don Henley's really funny. Like, uh, I got to know him very well around the time I moved here in the early '90s, like through the late 2000s. Why wouldn't people know that? I think, oh, I know <laughs> because of the way he acts when he's out in public. Okay, he's. Really funny, and actually, like, I love that guy. I'm not, you, people don't. It's not the persona, but he's funny as hell, and 
has a really charming well, side. Now, why wouldn't he want people to know that Don Henley? Well, I think... <laughs> why does he have to be the Don Henley that everyone else knows? I don't know, because I don't know that Don Henley. I only know the guy I like. Yeah, but you're an insider. Yes, you're exactly. an elite, very much. You're a Hollywood. You're an elitist. I you're am. An insider. I'm trying hard to be trying to hold on to that. Um, so I'm not going to get into your talk. Um, but oh, but this is a story that he told me, which shows why I love him. He said that a little well, the song "Peg" by mm-hmm. by uh, Steely Dan. Yeah. Originally, it was not Michael McDonald doing "Peg" or whatever Michael yeah. McDonald. Right. Hey, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> which I love. When Michael you do McDonald's. it, it's like you're saying "pig." Hey. Exactly. Nobody has a, like a throaty thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. weird thing. Uh, and I, he's the sweetest guy too. Completely sweet. But originally it was going to be Don Henley. And Don Henley told me that, because I think I was with them at the studio where this Steely Dan used mm-hmm. to record. And he goes, oh my God, they kept me saying, Peg will come back to you for like eight hours. He goes, <laughs> and they never came out. He goes, they never came out. They just went over the thing and goes, try it again. Try it again. Try that. it again. Try it again. And eventually, after hour six, Don said that uh, they said, "I don't know, Don. It's sounding a little extra miserable." <laughs> At which point, Don Henley said he told them, "I'm sorry, guys. I'm a product of my environment." <laughs> it's like the idea of these, like these, these all these guys who I grew up oh on, like I just be torturing each other. It I just love like that. They were punking Don Henley. Exactly. So uh, this is uh, where, when, when they play and uh, when they say, turn up the Eagles, I think it's sort of mocking the people they're writing about. They didn't even have the record button pushed down while Henley's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I jump out of my easy chair. It was not my own. Turn up the Eagles. Oh, the neighbors are and listening. And they they also have uh, in Hey 19. Uh, hey 19. That's Rita Franklin. Oh, yeah. oh Let's no. Play it, Kyle. <laughs> play it, Kyle. Hey 19. Now there's. Thank God it's 18. 19. If it was 17. No. Uh, it'd be creepy. All right, that was it. Double shot. I'm not counting that as my now, choice. Now, Stilly Dan is one of the bands. One of the where comedy and music intersect besides this show mm-hmm. is the fact that uh, because of Oh Hello, you know, the Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, mm-hmm. do you see that show? I've seen them do that, okay. not their this last show, no. It, it's one of the things that goes, oh, I get it. I'm an old fuck. Because <laughs> you see it, and like those characters, they're steely, they're like the two guys on the right. Upper West Side of sexually <laughs> ambiguous who keep talking about their love of Steely Dan. And I realized, oh, I get it. I'm now an old well, look, I, it's, like I didn't get into Steely Dan until I was much older. So it, it, I think it is really an age thing for Steely Dan. I really yeah, do. I, I got into them to, when Two Against Nature. Like, I yep. think that is a masterpiece from beginning well, the, to yeah, end. There's a creepy song on that one, too. Uh, right, your uh, cousin, uh, cousin, cousin Dupree. Cousin Dupree. Dupree. <laughs> right. How about a kiss for your cousin Dupree? I reviewed that in Rolling Stone. I really loved it. I, ha- I don't think I go back to it much. I, I should go back to it again. The thing is, I remember right around that time when they started playing live a lot, I like convinced my wife to go, my new wife at that point, I think, and then her sister and her sister's husband back then. And we went 
to see them at like Irvine Meadows. And I just remember I was having the greatest time ever finally seeing Steely Dan live. But like everyone else was like napping. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's like that's a band that for years they were like, there was not a lot to watch. And then right. right, I went to see, I think, one of Walter Becker's last two or three shows. I was in Vegas doing a charity event and we finished rehearsals at like seven o'clock and I was like, I'm in Vegas and because I don't drink or whore around anymore, <laughs> nor at all, I was like, what can I see? You know, and then I looked and Steely Dan were playing their residency uh, like at the next hotel and I called over to like their management. I said, can you get me in? And they said, sure, sure. They put me in the middle seat in like this giant row. So it was like me cutting through like, and I was never <laughs> felt younger. This crowd was all yeah. ancient white like uh, audiophiles. And it was the best concert, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And part of the reason why they now have like three women singers, including one of the most beautiful women of all time so that I realized this is the best Dilly Dan show because I can watch something <laughs> like there was at least something to look at because, there, you know, Walter, Walter was not well then, yeah. as I, we now know. And Donald's never been the cute one. So uh, <laughs> but it was it was great. They were so great. Speaking of old, I saw a yes uh, two weeks ago at the uh, John Ford Amphitheater. And there were guys with walkers there. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is. A and there were no beautiful women on stage to look at. Oh, no. Now, were they better or worse than when we saw them together? You know what? They were better, and I'll tell you why. The, that lead singer that you and I did not care for, he didn't talk. He just sang, and Steve Howe did the talking. Because that's what I didn't like about him. I didn't like his... He, he was like Doug Henning. Ooh, and let's go back John to the... John Anderson doesn't sing? No, John Anderson is touring with... Uh, a separate version. A separate oh. version of Yes right now. That, that sometimes uses a name and sometimes... Now sings. they're using it. They just... Their balls There's out now two yeses. It. Yeah. What? Yep. They threw John Anderson out many years ago yeah. when he was really? having vocal problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a guy named Benoit David for a while. Yeah, and then Benoit they David. Benoit Dave. Benoit Balls. I yeah. think his name it wasn't was. A lot of people call him David Benoit, but it wasn't. It was Benoit David. David. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I saw him. He was good. And then we saw this other guy, John Davison, and he uh, he was way better because he didn't talk. He just sang, and I'm, and he's he can really sing, but when he talks. Oh, let's go back to the 70s from close to the edge when the band and I, I'm like, no, you weren't even born when this came out. I would love to see John Anderson. That You've never seen that group recently? No, but they're coming to the Greek, so I'm going to go to that. With I got Rick, Rick Wakeman and Trevor Rabin. I didn't, you know, because I was uh, now, watching let that. Me, let me, oh. you can continue. Oh. No, no, you can continue. I'm going to go feed the meter real quick, but you guys keep the show going. Oh, oh my God. People this realize is, they don't need This is great pod. Um... <laughs> The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they got inducted. Yeah. Um, I thought they... That was the night they all played together. Yeah, and they sounded great. I had no idea they weren't An together. An hour later, I think literally the next day, John Anderson and Wakeman or whatever, they went out, they said, Nance, we're going on the road is yes. I think they were... They got through that moment okay. to sort of launch it, and then the brotherhood broke down utterly oh, from that okay. moment. And I, I personally, it's like, yeah, when you don't have... There's very few cases when you don't have the lead singer, when you have someone imitating them, that it feels like I kind of like the Journey guy. I think he does a good job. Okay. But, but it's like, in general, it's like, and the guy in Foreigner now is wonderful. Like Wait, so Lou Graham is not with Foreigner? He well, he actually showed up, popped up at a couple shows in the last, like two shows in the last two years or something. But no, he's been out of the band for really? 10 years. And there's another guy who's 
Very, very good. Why is he not in the band? Because, well, he lost his voice. He was very oh. ill, and then they had a huge falling out. There's like oh. he and Mick don't, didn't get along, but I think they worked through that, and I think he's got come through some of his health issues. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're hitting this point where it's like, you know, all this theoretical talk about rock and roll dying. It's like literally yeah. rock is getting to the point where it's like, who is going to, who's going to still be able to do it at all? Right. I mean, U2 seems to have a lot of longevity. Oh, they're, no, they're still. Are they done? I, or? Oh, no, completely. I, I, I mean, saw them. The best show I ever years. saw was this Joshua Tree show this year. Oh, really? Year, okay, last year. so we were talking about there. that rock and roll is probably going to die soon because all they're all dying off and getting older. And who's going to carry the torch? The Foo Fighters. <laughs> it's, the answer is always the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I mean, they're good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a sad thing because that was such a thing when you're young and to discover the. I know. I think you. I can play a song based on this talk. You mentioned Rick Ooh. Wakeman. Yes. Rick Wakeman plays on one of the greatest records of all time. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. On which you have a song by David Bowie for Bob Dylan called "Song for Bob Dylan." So maybe let's hear is a this, little bit. Is this the best David Bowie album? In my opinion, yes. I think so too. God, I love Bowie. He did, um, he and Mick Ronson, right at the end of Mick Ronson's life, I think on Mick's last record, which came out posthumously, and then also on the soundtrack. Have you seen this Beside Bowie movie about Mick Ronson documentary? I have not seen that. But there's, I think they have a version of it in there. The He and Ronson doing Like a Rolling Stone, which is pretty great. Uh, but, and then one of my other songs, which we don't have to play, I is a song to, so, uh, the sort of, other version of this is Bob Dylan's song for Woody, which he did early in his career. Let's uh, play it. You want to play a little bit? Yeah. Is this from Bob Dylan's first album? Yeah. Hey, hey, Woody it was like the only original, I think. Um, song. About a funny old world that's coming along. Seems sick and it's hungry, it's tired and it's torn. It looks like it's a dying and it's hardly being born. And Bob Dylan himself has a way of mentioning a lot of people in songs, doing songs about people. And But my favorite was not that many years ago when he sort of mentioned Alicia Keys and someone like asked him about it. He goes, yeah, because she's so hot. <laughs> it's like he's still, he's still a dude who thinks Alicia Keys was hot. I said, I love Bob. I mean, well, and I think he thought artistically hot as well. All right. Well, my next artist, I don't think you can get further away from Bob Dylan than Steve Perry. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Kyle, I played a Steve Perry song and I thought you were going to fall out of your chair with hate. It was awful. I don't even remember. Was it the same album? No, this this is his first solo album, okay. Street Talk. That was from uh, For the Love of Strange Medicine, which is not great. But this song, Kyle, okay. this is called Captured by the Moment. And there's a lot of name drops in here. Let's hear it. Mm. Where did he go? The man who said I have a dream 
That's a sideways name drop. That's the Beatles. Jackie's alone. It's actually Jack Onassis. Kyle, what's your what, what's your review of that? It's better than that other one. But. <laughs> I I of course love Mr. Steve Perry. Yes, you I, do. Um, can't say any more than that. But I do. Um, <laughs> I did this last week tweet a photo of when I was on my honeymoon with my child bride uh, in Hawaii. Uh, the as we were leaving our first Why did hotel. You say your child bride. That's how I refer to her. She was <laughs> she was twelve when I met her. I groomed her like Priscilla, like Elvis groomed Priscilla. That's why she looks so young now, is she was a child bride. Uh, I got permission. It was Hawaii. It was not considered a state. Um, I was allowed. So, uh, oh, but we were leaving the first hotel, which was on the island of Lanai, and uh, my wife said, "I want to get a picture at this piano in the lobby," and I went. Uh, Okay, and then we sat at the bench. Goes, sir, can you take a picture? And I go, oh my god, that's Steve Perry. <laughs> and 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 I just remember, uh, my wife goes, are you Steve Perry? After he took the picture, she goes, not on vacation, I'm not. And I was <laughs> oh, like, uh, but recently, I, uh, I yeah, I did have a chance to tell Steve that story, and then I tweeted the photo uh, mm-hmm. uh, on my Twitter of. Us at the piano. It's like a Steve Perry credit photo credit. That's just, amazing. And when you told him this story, did he did he enjoy the story? He's the loveliest guy. Uh, I have a uh, when I did, I wrote the liner notes before I ever met him. I wrote the liner notes. He's the opposite of Don Henley. He's he's <laughs> the sweetest guy. Like really sweet. I've so met you him. did the I, liner notes really for what? Nice. Essential Journey, okay. which was like just a record label ask, and I wrote it. And I for years I saved the phone call, which was like. He called me after. He goes, David. You know, he sent me this like the sweetest message. He's just super sweet guy, like lovely. That's great. Was that your experience, a lovely guy? Yes, he was amazing. Because yeah. when I met him, it was it was outside of a restaurant that we had heard that he frequented. So we went there, thinking eh, maybe like we took albums and stuff to get signed. And when he walked down these stairs and he saw us, and he had sunglasses on, and we're like, Hey, Steve, can you mind signing this stuff? He took his sunglasses off, which was an immediate tell that. He was welcoming us. He talked to us for like 20 minutes. I, I will it tell was you. Crazy. I, it was crazy. I told him that story recently okay. because <gasps> it's an example of this is what a nice person he yeah. is. Like genuinely a sweet guy. He, through someone who works with him, communicated that he thought he was rude to fans in the last like 15 years. Like he's kind Not of when he's, you know, and uh, I said, you're so wrong. I said, now, what's funny is that same restaurant. Oh, no, it's not the same restaurant. It's not I know, there. I know, that I know. restaurant's not there. I know, the no, Wee's Trattoria yes. is what it was. Oh, no, my wife and I, they stole our credit card, a waitress at that restaurant. So, <laughs> fuck them. But um, <laughs> that went. But another restaurant where he used to go mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, uh, I saw him all the time. And just my weird personality oh, I know that restaurant is, too. I never said hello. Mm-hmm. And even though he had called me and yeah. left this beautiful, I never, it's just not my, I, I'm not, that's not what I'm good at. The only time I've ever go up to an artist is when your husband makes me go up to an artist okay. to uh, make sure you get your 
very good moment. No. I'm sorry he <laughs> made not you sorry. do no, that. No, that was a great moment. Because I really, I'm, I'm like, I'm Gary, joking. I'm, that okay. was a great moment. But no. after the fact, when, when, see, Gary's great because at the time you're like, Gary, please don't. But then after it's over, you're like, Gary, that was great. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. we, <laughs> but that particular thing was amazing. When we're talking with Steve Perry, we mentioned the song that was like a B-side. It was called What Was. And he's like, oh man, I haven't thought about that song for so long. And he like sang a line and a half of it. He's <gasps> like, oh, and he's like, what just happened? What just happened right here? Oh no, I was telling Crazy. my son that that's like the things in my life where I go, oh my God, are when I'm with singers and then they, when in response to something, when they actually give you that little gift of breaking yeah. out of something, the ultimate example of that for me was, um, I was asked when Cat Stevens first returned, at he before uh -huh. he returned to music, mm -hmm. the first thing he did was this VH1 documentary about his spiritual journey. And I was asked to interview him for it. And I'm a big Cat Stevens yes. fan. And then at the end of it, we went in to do the, uh, I was like a, to do the score, the what songs we were gonna use in this two hour documentary for VH1. And I was set, they set up a meeting where he wanted me to tell him what I thought. And he hadn't sung in 20 whatever years. And I mean, and he'd sworn it off. And so he would go, so what do you wanna use here? And I'd say like, uh, uh, I want to use like uh, longer boats here or whatever on the road. To, and he, whatever I asked, he goes like, what part? I go like the first verse and chorus and he would sing it. <gasps> and the first time he did it, I was like, no, <laughs> I couldn't freaking believe it. Or uh, I went Carling Carter, who used to be with Howie Epstein, yeah. who was one of my groomsmen, one of my best friends. May rest rock and peace, rock and peace, Howie uh, Epstein. But I remember once uh, I was in New York and I got a call from Carlene saying, Johnny and June are doing Letterman. Do you want? But they're like bored. They're just hanging out. Do you Johnny want to come? and June. Who? <gasps> so, do you Who want are to, you talking? Do you about? want to come hang out? And I went over to the dressing room, and we had like two hours, three hours, just waiting. And they were goes. And Johnny goes, "You have any requests, kid?" And so it's like <gasps> I would go like, "Oh uh, yeah, you want to do an Amy, babe?" Or what? And they would just do like in the dressing oh room. Oh my I was like, god, this is too cool. Is that when you started to wear the black T-shirt? Always. <laughs> After you met Johnny. That's when I became known as the Jew and Black. <laughs> the Jew Wait, and what Black. were they? They're about to go on what show? Letterman. Oh, wow. That's that's, uh, that's an amazing story. All right, what do you got? What are you going to follow up with uh, Kyle's favorite solo artist, Steve Perry? I'll play your favorite uh, artist, one of your favorite artists of all time. This is my favorite. This is, uh, Let's play well, Surrender, my, which... To me, my second favorite vocalist, by Chrissy Chief, and then Robin. Yeah, well, and do you like the Chrissy-Robin duet on his solo record? It's not a great song, as I recall. Uh, no, it's on... It's on Secret. She, no, that's Stevie. Stevie's on Secrets. But which one is she? She sings... Oh, she's on, on Whatever Would I Do With That... Or no, one of those... Walk uh, Away. Walk Away. From the Busted album. Right. 1990, produced by Richie Zito. Yeah. Friend of the show, Richie Zito. It's not a great... It's not a great... <laughs> That's not a great duet. She was in the studio recording uh, Packed, and they were in the same studio, and they just said... Hey, do you want to come over and sing? And she goes, yeah. Right. And that's, so it's really not a duet. She kind of sings along. Yeah. Okay. But I, but like you, Peg. Yes. <laughs> so let's hear uh, Surrender by Cheap Trick.
That's one of those songs to me, like ACDC, um, uh, uh, You All Night Long, uh-huh. that they, they are destroyed by their play, the amount of play they get, and yet I, whenever they're on, I never, I never get have sick the desire to surrender. turn it off. Those two, yeah. I never I really never get do. sick of And they actually name, name check themselves in that song, too. They go, Tommy's all right, Robin's all right, Bunny's all right, Rick's all right. But uh, yeah, I never get sick of Surrender. There are Cheap Trick songs that I am sick of, but not Surrender. Still holds up for me. Pretty good stuff. Uh, the next song I'm going to play is by Sheryl Crow, and I'm not going to say the song title or else you'll know what the name check is. So just play it from 2002's Come On, Come On. This party, I still wanna have some fun. I wanna leave you feeling breathless, show you how the West was won. But I gotta fly, I gotta fly. Like Steve McQueen, all I need's a fast machine, and I'm gonna make it alive. I love that album. I love I it, love too. it, love it, love it. And I remember when uh, Soak Up the Sun came out oh. and she was like, she was like in that point in her life where she's like, I'm going to show people what a 40 year old woman really looks like. If, and cause she looked fantastic yes. and she was willing to wear the short shorts and the tank top and surfboard and love yeah, it, love it, love it's it. a great album. Love I knew it. her before she was put a record out. Like when she had that first record, she was just hanging out with the real Tuesday night music club. Well, before she made that record, she made another, her, her A&M debut was, which had all by myself, the cover version and you pageant produced it. She, she, the record she stopped. I was, I have that record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not bad, but it's not great. This. Uh, and I, uh, I had lunch with her and then I was asked to come into the studio and she played it for me. And I think I was one of the reasons it didn't come out. It was like, I think she was playing it and she realized this just isn't, it's slick and it was yeah, overproduced. It's not and what she wanted Phil to do. Phil Collins up. It wasn't what she wanted to do. And so I watched her not, she played me her album that she never put out. So I've known her forever. She's one of the loveliest. I, I always go by, she as a, the opposite of the Steely Dan with the Oh Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes me feel young because she's like my age and she still looks, she's still beautiful yeah. to me. I think she's, she's wonderful. She's one of the classiest people. She's been through so much shit. And she's never been anything but nice to anyone. I've never seen her be anything but, but sweet. That's a positive for sure. In life and in music and everywhere. That's nice. Yeah. I didn't know that we could do. I'm now looking at your. I just. This shows you how much attention I play to. I pay to your text. It said <laughs> songs that mention other. I saw artists. Mm-hmm. It said others, others or artists or something. Yeah. I anyone. I could have picked another fifty songs. But sure. I was only picking music artists. That's good though. That's fine. Yes. So what's your next song? Uh, well, here's one that I don't think anyone knows I love. And it's an artist who I love, who everyone knows, Elton John. Uh, there's an album he had called Jump Up that I think is... It's my favorite Elton John album. I, I, but you and I, weird as that you and I might be the favorite. only people who are... I'm a huge Jump Up fan. And I just did the Grammy CBS special about Elton. And like, it hurt, broke my heart that like, there's no way... And I love Bernie Taupin and all, yeah. but... You can't even like bring up a Gary Osborne song to pay. But to there use. are a few top and songs in here. Yeah. There's uh, "Empty Garden." Yeah, love and, that song. And, uh, I don't know who co-wrote "Blue Eyes." Was that? I Osborne? like that one too. That's I Osborne. Yeah. That's Osborne. Uh, I love this whole album. I even like "I Am Your Robot." I like everything on this. But song. this one is a. This is him. Uh, 
paying tribute to soul music, particularly mm -hmm. the Four Tops, mentions the Four Tops. Yeah. Uh, and I have this weird memory of around this time, well, a little bit later, I moved here in 91, and my memory, which I didn't even, I did something with Dave Chappelle at the Grammys this year, I didn't ask him. I had a memory of being on a plane to Vegas for work and there being a woman who was a publicist and she goes, my boyfriend is opening for the Four Tops. And for some reason in my head, it's Dave Chappelle. It was a young black comedian at that point uh -huh. in 91. And uh, they said, you want, can you come? You want to come hang out and go to the show? And I went to the show and it was one of those inspirational things because you go, okay, it's 1991. The Four Tops are doing like the fifth show of a eighth show stand. They were it was one of the best shows I ever saw in my life. They were still like this is, and I think about it, a couple of years later, they started dying off. Like Levi Stubbs mm -hmm. died very young. They were one of the greatest groups of all time. People, and Levi Stubbs is one of the greatest soul singers of all time. Sure, and this song, him on the, oh, and no. it, but this song captures. It kind of has like a Four Tops magic. I love this song. I don't think you. I don't think it's ever been played on any show of any sort ever. Yeah, here we go. This is called uh, "Where Have All the Good Times Gone." Young enough to chase our dreams, we were captured by romantic things, touched by love until it made us cry. How our hearts could fly without wings. This album came out the year before the big comeback album, before Too Low for Zero came out. And this is a little bit better to me. I love this album Spiteful so much. Child is one of my favorite Dear albums. Dear John, Ball and Chain with yeah. Townsend on the aggressive acoustic guitar. Legal Boys about divorce. Yeah, somewhere in this time I went to interview him in England and didn't because he was still messed up. Like, that's bad when you fly to England to interview Elton John and I was like, in a hotel room racking up bills, like calling John Reed, the manager, going, uh, we're going to do this interview? We're going to do this interview? And we never <gasps> did that interview. Oh, wow. Like when you go to England and don't interview someone, that feels like a, you know, you're literally crossing the world yep. to not talk to someone. I love wow. the I love the 80s era of Elton John where he wears a hat. I love that era. <laughs> See, I think about <laughs> I do. right after that, I don't really love like the Nikita, that kind of, no, I, but I love Two Little Zero, there. Jump Up. I love... The right. thing I really love that no one ever talks about, and I, I think I might have talked about it. The Fox. I love the Fox. I like the Fox a lot. Uh, I really do. There's that weird song he didn't write about divorce that I, nobody wins. I just oh. freaking love that. Uh, but Mama Can't Buy You, little even before that, the Tom Bell sessions, which no one ever brings up, was literally Tom Bell's my favorite just about producer. He did the Spinners, who I love. I love soul music. And Elton did a record with him, but I think it was probably at the height of Elton being fucked up so whatever reasons he hated the experience it didn't go well in his mind but they did like three songs that they put an ep out on every one of them is one of the greatest songs i've ever yep. heard and mama, mama can't, can't buy you love, love is so it's fantastic just, I, it's one of my favorite songs of all time but you can't tell that to uh to elton yeah i think well elton hang in there because i've never seen you and i have tickets for uh february so come on stay healthy he's gonna he go does a lot of talk singing now I know, I, but I've never seen him, so I got to see him. I saw him in the 80s. I saw him in the I actually, he was, at our show, he was, he did the best version of uh, um, Benny and the Jets I've ever heard him do. He really was like, 
He was in a great mood. He loved. Some people don't like being honored. He loved it. He oh. was like, how do he hit? He that was such high, a good audience. How does he hit that high part in Benny and the Jets? Benny. <laughs> Background singers. He, he sounded great. I don't know, and huh. it was super yeah, interesting, wrong. like meeting um, Nigel Olson and oh, Davey. Wow. I worked with Davey, who was our musical director, and then met Nigel at the rehearsals. And uh, it's like the conversations you can get on. It's like there's conversations like with Elton, you, you'd never get this far off. But like Nigel, I was like into his solo records, which I was like that much of an Elton John fan as a kid, and like. I was like, you were on Bang Records, like later. Well, and this comes up with your yeah. the, your show you did with uh, Brett Burns and yeah, Burt Burns, yeah, yeah Burt Burns' son. But like Bang Records, after Burt Burns died, like the mom was running it. And yep, she so, dated Nigel. Right, she dated Nigel, yeah. and Paul Davis was the big art act on yep. Bang at that point. And like huh. Nigel was like, oh my god, David, Paul Davis was the greatest guy. And he told me <laughs> he's telling me Paul Davis was. So like, I could never be happier than I am sitting in Madison <laughs> Square Garden insane. talking to Nigel Olsen about oh, Paul oh, Davis. Davis. Like, oh yeah, you mean like you were there when he did Cool Night? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I go crazy. I go crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know when I look Yoko's going to get a, a name check here. She's uh, in a lot of songs, I know, y'all. she is. But see, I see. It, they, She's in a lot of John Lennon songs, all, for sure. All, yeah. the, all the name checks don't have to be people with... Uh, of from music because Yoko gets a name check in this. This is uh, Ricky oh. Nelson. Ricky Nelson. Oh, how dare you. Oh, I almost you. brought this too. Garden party. Yes. People came from miles around. Everyone was there. Yoko brought a walrus. There was magic in the air. And over in the corner, much to my surprise, Mr. Hughes hidden Dylan's shoes Wearing his disguise But it's all right now I learned my lesson well You see, you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself Please tell me Also, um, Chuck Berry is name check You please yes. tell me that um, you went to the Canyon Club or somewhere to go see Gunner and Matthew I do the know. tribute to Ricky, I, one of their I, shows. I, I haven't, but I definitely would. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. They were doing that for many They'll years. Again. They have they have mortgages. I do you like Nelson? No. I kind of love Nelson. <laughs> kind of. They can sing. Oh, they can definitely they sing. They can play. They're That's not. my I moved here in ninety one and literally the yin and yang of ninety one when I moved here was I remember uh, I went over to uh, Geffen Records and Gary Gersh said, can I play you some new things that are about to come out? I said, sure, sure. And he played me a Maria McKee, a Robbie Robertson oh. track. And then he played me. Love and Affection? No. Then he played me Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, okay. To which I said, wow. I said, that's a hit song. And he goes, he told me later, I was the first to ever say <laughs> it was a hit song. But I, I realized the reason I thought it was a hit song is that it has the same guitar riff from More Than a Feeling by Boston, which <laughs> has always been the secret weapon of, of Smells Like Teen Spirit. There's a little yep. borrowing going on there. But oh, but then I think that same week I went to the recording studio with Richie Zito, friend of the show, who was producing Nelson. And they were like in there. They were very Nelson that day. <laughs> and they were like, they were ordering in Thai food and Thai hookers, I think, at the same time. It was it was quite a scene with Richie Zito. Uh, I was at a, when I did stand up, I was at a bar one night and uh, they had videos on the TV and a Proclaimers video came on and I turned to the guy next to me and go, Nelson has let himself go. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, just to make myself laugh. Sure. I have two more songs, and one of them is going to be the play out. So I'll play mine, and then you play. I'll let you. I do play it. one more. I'll let you do two in a row after. After uh, no, you play one. I play one. You play one. I play the play out. So it's your turn. You're going to have two more. Okay. Uh, I will play one of the greatest songs ever written. Uh, this is high praise for a song. Yes. I know one of the greatest albums. I, I was moved right before I moved here. Is this hyperbole? No. <laughs> no, this is one of the great. Uh, you see if you agree. Okay. Uh, I was uh, at Rolling Stone right before I moved here in New York because I was brought out here by the magazine, but I was, used to be in the city, in New York City, and I got an early version of a record by Tom Petty that Warner's rejected called Songs from the Garage. I think it was Songs from the Garage, yeah. And so I had a copy of this for like a year before it came out, and I became obsessed with this song on like a old cassette, which was Free Falling, one of my favorite songs of all time. Another song I never get sick of. I think it's it's just amazing. And then when I moved here, I sort of that was they I was adopted by the Heartbreakers. That was like a big emotional moment for me. But this song I love because not only is it one of the greatest songs ever written, and I I will stick by that. It also mentions Elvis, and Tom has that great story, which he told me for a documentary thing we were filming once about when he was a kid in Florida, when Elvis came to film Follow That Dream, and his uncle, he had like a horrible childhood, where I think his dad was abusive, yeah. but he had like an uncle or whatever who took him, maybe, uncle, I think it was an uncle, who brought him along to the set and got and shook Elvis's hand. And that idea of Tom Petty meeting movie Elvis, like when Elvis was like this <laughs> beautiful guy drifting into not meaning anything. And then you have Tom right. Petty, who to me kept the flame of rock and roll mm-hmm. going yeah. during some interesting times. I just love right. that. So that's why I love this mention of Elvis in Free Falling. All right. She's a good girl Loves her mama Loves Jesus in America too. Maybe the band America. She's a good yeah. I love America. Me too. It's crazy about Elvis. Loves horses and her boyfriend too. That'd be so cool if there was a version where he said, Love Jerry and Dewey from America. <laughs> <laughs> but he had issues with Dan, the guy who became Christian. And that's America. co written by Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn, who I love. So there's a little ELO theme. Now, drums on this is by Phil Jones. Why didn't Phil Jones join the Heartbreakers once Stan Lynch was gone? Because he was like a per- he was like on some albums playing percussion and stuff. This Phil Jones guy read his name a lot. I was around the Heartbreakers at that time, and you know who make, got the first call was Dave Grohl, who had who oh. actually sat in with them on Saturday Night Live. Yes. for one night, and I remember uh, Petty told me about the discussion at that. Uh, it's so weird because. No one knew that Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters were going to become a thing at right, that point. Sure. It was unlikely that the drummer in Nirvana was going to have very unlikely. go on that thing. So, but I, the record wasn't out yet. But I think he went on and did the one show and he goes, "I don't know, Tom. I gotta. I really. I'm so honored. He loved the. I think he was really tempted. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I gotta go with this Foo Fighters thing. And so Ferroni got the call. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I personally think. Stan Lynch, I, I witnessed it. I was around. What, what is that exactly? What happened because, was. I mean, I've seen the documentary, but I, and I love Stan Lynch. Like he was the, the hot one. Well, Stan was the hot one. No, no. I think that was part of it. He okay. was the heartbreaker. He, he was, was the one. Bad. He was the only one that would give Tom grief. Yes. He was. They, Everyone else would toe the line. Uh, I think, I think that's actually pretty true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was around them a lot right at that 
point when that was falling apart. What Tom always said, which I'm sure is true, is that Stan was the best live drummer in, like ever for the Heartbreakers could ever have. In the studio, he was just not a studio guy and didn't got bored and wasn't just was not great in the studio and that drove him crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I also think a factor was gets back to Don Henley. Once they became Stan became like affiliated with Don Henley and was co-writing with Don Henley. Yeah. And, you know, there's that whole Boys of Summer era where Henley is sort of borrowing a little heartbreaker magic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To make his solo career explode. And I think, you know, I think when Stan didn't need the heartbreakers as much, that sort of exacerbated those mm. tensions. That's that's my perception. Also, Stan is just like, yeah, Stan's like a confident, funny, wise ass. And I think Tom was like, could be a wise ass, but I don't think it, there was not room for the two of them. In, in, and at least that's how he thought. It's not Stan Lynch in the Heartbreakers. It's Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers. So. But I saw Stan Lynch. I don't know if you ever got to see him drumming with the Heartbreakers. I, I, I did, they were, yes. they were they, He, did, they he were sang great. Psychotic Reaction. Yep, yeah. he, they were great. And I he did, was a, gi a giant behind that drum kit. Yeah, he was I so cool. Yeah, for yeah. me, he's, he's, he's the only drummer. I used to hang out with him a little bit at Howie Epstein's house. And then I've I've not seen him in 25 years. He lives in Florida now. Yeah, you know, I haven't run into him ever again. I would love to. I think he's great. There's a couple of the songs he did with Henley that I just love. I think there's a song that no one ever plays by Henley. God, we've talked Henley a fair amount, but that song, Learn to Be Still, do you know that song? No. Oh, yeah, that's an e that, that that's was on, on that the, Eagles. Um, it's one of the studio tracks on um, Hellfree's Hell Over. Yes. And it's a great song. I think it's like one of, it's like a Heart of the Matter, one of those mm, really beautiful ones. And you don't hear it enough. There are so many people on that play on building the perfect beast. I mean, I think Melissa sings on there. Patty Smythe. Patty Smythe. Who's playing Cheryl. the Rose and the Ken? I am talking to her manager right now. I got to sit down and talk with Patty Smythe. I wrote her liner notes. You could, if you pitch me to be there, <laughs> uh, that would help. I wrote her line. I was, I, oh, I'm a big fan. I, I got to go see her. I, I'm going. I love her so much. Uh, what a, what a total crush on her. And I have a crush on McEnroe. So it's Yeah, me perfect. too. <laughs> I just saw, sure. you can see a clip on YouTube where it's, um, it's from CBS This Morning, but it's, it's Patti Smythe and McEnroe. And she's basically, the, the interviewer is basically asking him, what, what are your, how are you dealing with, you know, your issues and how you get along with people? He goes, I will sit at dinner with Patty and our six kids and I will say something and every single one of them will tell me that I am wrong and I will look at them and I will say, all seven of you <laughs> are wrong and I am right. And someday you'll realize that. And she's just like rolling her eyes. And then. Oof, six kids. I think two were maybe with Tatum and then they have oh, four. Oh, okay. Right. Um, get Tatum didn't get custody. And, you know, when the mom doesn't get custody, cuckoo. So. Anyway. Feel bad. Feel bad. I'm, I'm one of the yeah. only people who loves Patty Smith and Smythe. I just. Smith and Smythe. <laughs> a lot of people think you have to make a choice. Patty Smith that. has two eyes and Patty Smythe has two Y's. That's how you tell them apart. Oh. There's other ways to tell them apart. Sure. But I, yeah, I just I, I've literally been working the last six weeks. It's been the most nonstop of my life. And then I got back from Nashville doing something like a week ago. Mm -hmm. And it's now I have like a, you know, I have this one show coming up yeah. and then I have the another Phil part. No, no. That's oh. a podcast that we're doing. Oh, okay. uh, that's another thing. No, but I'm saying I, I but I've had like I had six weeks of not sleeping. Oof. And then so then this week I'm like at night, late at night. I'm like, I, got, I don't have to write right now. And uh, so what do you so do? I go up and look at Bands Reunited, <laughs> the show that you helped bring to life. That's true. I, I, I admit that. Hmm. 
Pardo and I were hired to uh, write write it and and form it, and then they uh, then they greenlit it and got rid of us. Every idea we would give them, they're like, "We don't like that idea." Then it was in the show. <gasps> Terrible. Like we're like, we should bring an album, and that can be the contract they sign when they agree to do it. And they're like, mm, "In the show." <sighs> and Jimmy was the host. That's really. You know how good that show would have been. You know? I know because that Amir guy was a snooze. He was odd. And yeah. It's almost like he didn't seem to really care about any of the artists. This they is something like, from the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember they, seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I recently went on because I, like, I'm late at night, in lieu of like Kyle has porn, but I have, like, <laughs> like I'll think I really got to go down the rabbit hole of Haircut 100. Okay. And like, and then like I'll go. They did it, bands reunited, but they didn't reunite, did they? And then like last night, I was like, they did. <laughs> I can remember when we, because we filmed the pilot and the band was Wire Train, was in the pilot. And like, on my third date with my wife. Really? Wire Train at the Roxy. We, uh, so Cheryl we, Crow's guitar player. That's right, uh, Jeff Trott. Yeah. I forget who the singer is, but we go to his apartment and we, and we run the cameras up this, the stairs and, and Pardo knocks in the door and, he come, and they have their thing. And then this guy, and this is before you know, I really knew anything about reality TV. And then the guy goes, okay, now we have to go inside and get a shot from inside. I'm like, a shot from inside? What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, we have to get the other perspective. I go, if I'm at home watching this on TV and you have a shot from inside, then I say, oh, they knew that they right. were coming. I go, why don't you just brush by and get inside and get your shot and make it? And they're like, that's not how we do it. And I'm like, all right. And they would cut like, we, we went to Tower Records and there was a giant Rod Stewart poster out front and they're, they're filming part of it. He's like, okay, let's go into Tower Records. We're supposed to find someone here. And part of walks by the the Rod Stewart poster, and he looks at the camera and he goes, do you think he's sexy? I think he is. And, he, and so we're in the edit, and they, they're like, ugh, what is that? I go, what are you talking about? They go, why do you say that? I go, well, because that's a Rod Stewart hit. Do you think I'm sexy? And he's just, he's just making a joke as he goes in the door. Take that out. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. It was just so, it was like, oh, my. Every day we'd look at each other and go, oh, this is, this is, this is awful. Oh, I'm but, sorry, Pat. Uh, what are you going to do? The Berlin one. And then I couldn't stop watching <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That she, was good. She, by the way, Berlin came up on a conference call I had an hour ago. I'm like, what is the, there's some Berlin in the area. She's area. great. Terry Nunn is so fantastic. Also, how does she still look exactly? So amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, and it doesn't look, uh, it just, it looks natural. She looks really amazing. There ought to be a book just by like, Terry Nunn, Cheryl Crow, and Susanna Hoffs, like the anti, and he, of course, our co-hostess on How Not to <laughs> nice Age. Nice save, nice save. And Mike Siegel. Mike Siegel would put a guy in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really care about it. Here's him. another thing at Bands Reunited. I would say, I must have just said all the wrong things. I would say, now, what if... Um, that I believe. What if a band, <laughs> what, if a, what if we're filming and then uh, a band decides that they, one of the members doesn't want to do it and then they don't actually do it? And the guy goes... Pat, if they don't do it, then we don't, have, we don't have an episode. And I'm like, and so I go, okay. But then for, as an audience member, there's no stakes. Because I know that, oh, they're going to get the way, together. There right, were episodes right, right. where they didn't do it. I know. And English then there beat, were. And uh, Extreme. Yeah. But the guy was like, well, we don't. I go, well, then there's no stakes for the audience. If, if, every, they know, week, if, right. if every week they absolutely yeah. always get together. And I was just, you know, sloughed off as someone who. Who stupid. was that? Do you uh, I don't I don't even remember who the guy's name curious. was, but it was uh Boo. Boo. All right, you did you just yeah, you just played something. I played Elton John. Was All that right. the last one? Is that the last one played? 
No, you played Garden Party. I played Garden oh, okay. Party. It's your turn. We All just right, so talked a lot. Do we, yeah, yeah. By the way, you haven't said once you, you, you have to go. So I think it may be that it's just Pat makes you feel unsafe. That's why you always think we're over time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, do you want me to pick one more? Should I pick one more? That's you play one and then I'll play the play out. Uh, uh, well, this is, do I pick one of the greatest songs of all time? <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> hyperbole. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll play another one. I've named, played three of the greatest songs of all time. Are you wearing the greatest hat ever right now? Is that the greatest hat ever made? The Dodgers? Yeah, that baseball hat. Well, this hat. They no, have, not the Dodgers. Just the baseball Oh, hat. it is. Well, they have won. Uh, I think they've been 30 and 12. So you won't take it hat. off. So I can't it's take a rally it off. Oh, my god. Brad gosh. Paisley, who is my Dodgers love buddy. One of the greatest new country <laughs> artists of all time. He is. But no, he is. He's the greatest artist of all time. But no, my fan. I condensed it a little bit. I said yeah. one of the greatest new country artists who's male named Brad Paisley. My love of the Dodgers, for years I've been going down to mm-hmm. Nashville every year and during like, you know, baseball season and we watch Dodger games. He knows I love the Dodgers. Somehow I got him into the Dodgers. And then because he's a country star, he someone found out about that so Uh-oh. he started inviting us to the games and we got to go to the you know yeah. hang out with the players and then mm. he got asked to sing at the world series i got to go on the field during the world series last year meet sandy koufax meet what you know, it was like hank aaron it was amazing that's pretty cool that so cool. yeah so now i'll never take this hat off so the song <laughs> i'll pick is i think you'll agree this is also one of the greatest songs of all time okay we'll written see. by david bowie all the young dudes oh yeah mm. Like a queen, but he can kick like a mule. It's a real queen? Mean team, but yeah. we can love. Oh, yes, we can love. And my brother's back at home with his beetles and his stones. We never got it off on that revolution stuff. What a drag. Too many snacks. Nah, I drunk a lot of wine and I'm feeling fine. Gotta raise some cap to bed. And he mentions T-Rex, too, right, in this yeah. one? Yeah, he does. Um, the interesting thing about this song always to me was that I love Ian Hunter, big fan of Ian Hunter, mm-hmm. but the fact that they rejected the first song he gave them. You know, the first song was... What was it? Suffragette City. Oh, that's a horrible song. And they song. went, <laughs> pretty good, but pass. Yeah. And then he goes, okay, he had to pull out the slightly better one, which this would have been a huge Bowie, Bowie song. Bowie, I know. And it's like, it, it was, but it gave them it's, a career. It's, it like, them yeah. it's, like, it's like Because the Night is uh, Bruce giving Patty Because Well, that the was night. Jimmy Iovine being the fire starter. When we, I worked on that Defiant Ones mm-hmm. doc, and that was like, I, I told uh, Alan Hughes, who I worked with, who did a brilliant job directing that. I was like, that's part of the story we have to get in, is like, every time Jimmy was looking for, how do you take the fire from Bruce, give it, <laughs> give it to, to someone Patty. Else. You take the fire from Tom Petty, you give it to Stevie for her solo record. Yeah. And it's like, he was a genius that way. Oh, I, right. I like to tell the story that he would get these songs from people by uh, beating them at bumper pool. That's a good story. That's what I like to say. Making movies. Didn't he produce making yes, movies? He did. That's he I did. think one yep. of the greatest albums I, I, ever made. So and no, and it must not have been fun. It's funny. Like Knopfler, I mean, this is a whole oh, discussion yeah, that yeah, we yeah. should do. Oh, I that one. I I missed the opportunity to. He asked me to come interview him one time when I was working on a food show, The Iron Chef, or something like that. And they, I got a call saying, "Can you come and spend the day with him in Malibu, interviewing Mark Knopfler about his first so- Golden Heart or one of the first solo, maybe the first solo record?" And I was like, 
I went to the bosses. Can I take this today off? And they went, nope. So I never, I don't think I ever met Knopfler. And yet, based on how difficult all his relations seem to be, it's like, and when I asked, yeah, I asked Jimmy for like some fond memories of making movies, which is a masterpiece. I didn't <laughs> get is. any fond, that fond memories. No fond memories. Uh, you could have pitched a food show too, Noshing with Knopfler. Uh, Knopfler did also one of my favorite Dylan records, Slow Train Coming. I don't, I, but yeah. You have a sense of, like, and that, I, that, I, that, 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 that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you were there? I was there, and I was heartbroken. Yeah, that Heartbroken. Because that was going to be your perfect that night. That was going to be the perfect in dire straits. night. Disappointing. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect, but it could have been. It could have been even It was more. a 10, it could have been an 11. Yes, that's a good way to describe it. But I don't understand how, I still don't understand, like, what the issue, I don't even know what the issues are. I don't know either. And I can't remember who told me this, that there was some issue with who the other guys were that were common. But I'm like, I don't know if it was that. I can remember years ago reading or hearing something about how he's like, yeah, I wouldn't go if we get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I seem to kind of remember that. And I maybe I'm making that up. But I seem to remember that. But I just... I, I, I mean, how can you not yeah. go? And well, like it Steve was Perry, so yeah. awesome. Like Steve Perry going and being so classy and, yes. you know, and, and like singing the praises, like that's so great. And yeah. then I literally don't get the, even if it's just your own PR spin, like Cetera, who, you know, I think there's so a lot stupid. of love for Cetera. Yeah. I, maybe I, you know, he's coming around again. Yeah. And I'm like, 30, I've never seen him. 30 million people voted for Chicago to get in there. And then to not go, it, why don't you just, you're just giving the middle finger to those 30 I million people. I think so too. Just go and do it. It's for the fans. Just Agreed. go and do it for the fans. I would do it for the fans. I would sing with Chicago <laughs> or Dire Straits <laughs> for my fans. There's a CTA, Danny Seraphin's like spinoff. Yeah, Bill, Chan Bill, Bill Champlin, Champlin is in yeah. that. I was like, that I'll might be pretty that. good. I've seen that, but not with Champlin, but I would go to Was that. it okay? Yeah, it was good. But they didn't have anyone induct them. It was just, they <laughs> kind of came, kinda, they did their film and then Ilsley their, came around the corner. Their awards were just on the floor. They're over there. Just go get them. Yeah. They, they shined a laser pointer on them. There's your award. I, just, I think there's got to be the brother thing. It's got to be part of the root of it. And the weird right. thing is, I've never but met David, David Knopfler either. He didn't go though. David Knopfler No, but David, there. I thought he was not going to go in case oh. his brother went. Oh, wait. I heard that he wanted them to fly because he's in England, but they wouldn't. Spring, I can't no, remember what, again, if, I, okay. I think if we should there, dig if, down into this, but not, I thought it was something about the flight. We can't afford the flight, Mark. Sorry. Dumb. All right. Let's do some promoting. David, you got something coming up you want to chat about? I have so many things you know about that I can't talk about. I know. So I got, I'm, I'm like, I like to promote my NDAs This because uh, I can't talk about <laughs> anything I'm doing anymore. This, this episode will drop August 2nd. I still not gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about anything. Okay. But you might be on the music episode of the 2000s. I will be on the music okay. episode so of the 2000s unless, unless I get cut out because of anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> Hanks! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christy, what's up? You got a bunch oh, of projects bunch you probably can't talk are, about either. Well, I could, but it would just bore you. Like, no <laughs> one's said, don't talk about the things that you're working on. It's just, they're unimportant until they become something. And I, I gotta be honest, this, this might be the first time ever I actually have a project that I cannot talk about right now. Oh! <gasps> So how about that? Carl, wow. what about you? Uh, I mean, I got nothing, <laughs> but I can talk a lot about it. You're young. It's fine when you're young with nothing. When you're my age and you got nothing, that's sad. Oh, I, I would like to promote, I'm going to be on an sad. episode of Rock Solid. Oh, no. This is this one. Okay. <laughs> David, you're at Wild About Music on Twitter? I am. You don't Wild have a website, music. though. No. I, no website. Not that I know of. 
And uh, Christy, you are at... At Christy S. Mann on and, Twitter. And, and lots of stuff happening. Just things. Okay. Various and sundry things. We are at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things Rock Solid. You can find the episodes, the Patreon page, the t-shirts, everything. Kyle, you're at Kyle Dotson Funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play out with, um, much like Done Too Soon, this is a monster song of name drops. Oh, please don't play We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, I'm going to start it up. And on the way down here, we actually saw a fire on the 101. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's from the album Storm. So you don't like this potentially song? Potentially, you did start the Do you fire. not like this song, really? I did the cover story on Billy Joel for this album. <laughs> I don't and like it no I matter love, what song I play. You've written something about no, that person. I am amazing I that I, way. I used to love uh, it. I used to love it. Now I don't like it. No, I didn't. I no, love it. I love I love <laughs> Billy Joel. I play Turnstiles all the time. Oh, it's so good. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. That's an I, underrated classic. I hate this fucking song <laughs> so much, and I was so mad that the exact he, moment I got to interview him, it was when this song was omnipresent, and I think this is a horrible song. What if he wrote? What if he added lyrics that included you, David Wild, David Frick? That's good. <laughs> Yawn winner, such a prick. Hold on. <laughs> Let's hear we didn't start the fire with a million name drops. Thank you, David. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Kyle. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio, Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. Rockefeller, Campanella, Communist Block 